Hello, welcome to podcast 12, the final podcast in this series of 12 episodes. First of all, we'd like to say a very big thank you for tuning in and listening to the podcasts. It's not the end. Don't get me wrong. No. Don't get me wrong now. We will continue, but it will be monthly with the possibility of some ad hoc ones. That's a good word. Time and time again, we may pop surprise ones in, just as we might do with live videos. So don't despair. (laughs) Besides... Many of you haven't listened to the other ones, so you've got to go back through the series and and listen to the ones you haven't caught up with. But quite a few have, haven't they? Well, yeah. Yeah. But a lot haven't. Yeah. You know, the first ones had like over a thousand. And then they all found it was boring. Then they all all, listened to them. And they all dropped off. Yeah. But anyway, welcome and thank you for tuning in and thank you for following us in general on all of our different platforms. YouTube, SoundCloud, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Planet Vegetaria. Mm. That's Planet Vegetaria, Facebook group by Richard and Paul. Richard and Paul since 2017. That's contractual. Somebody did stop me again the other day and said, oh, you're that, you're that guy that on YouTube, aren't you? Well, I don't know why they don't stop me. <laughs> you don't you don't interact with the general public. That's why. Oh, no, that's true. That's true. And I do give off rather a, a frightening persona in public, don't I, with my six foot four realness? Yes. I think the last time you were in public outside of the street and going to work and things was ages ago. Actually, no, it was Saturday, wasn't it? We walked up the road with Vivi Saturday. But other than that, I don't think you've been out. Well, look, I may as well be on a bloody island, frankly. <laughs> I may as well be on fucking Alcatraz. No, really. we could be on that little Irish island. Should we apply for it? You can fuck right off. No, it would be lovely looking after the birds and running a cafe. That would that would give us some experience for the future. Uh, no. It would be lovely. Go it's April find... to September. Go and find somebody else to do it. I'm not doing it. (laughs) Well, if you would like to run an Irish island with me um, for six months, uh, let me know. Maybe maybe Richard will come along. No. (laughs) I don't think he will. It's not happening. It's just not going to happen. Anyway, let's get on with the show. It's been a busy morning. Yeah, it has. We're we're drinking coffee if you hear slurping noises. There's nothing... There's nothing else going on. Disgusting. Get your minds out the gutter. It's a lovely milky coffee made with real coffee, not instant. Real. We're Mm. out of instant. I need to do shopping. You say Mm. that every day. I do, and then you go, no, you don't. We've got things in the freezer. We've got things in the fridge. We've got things in the cupboard. So then I don't go, and we run out of coffee. That type of thing. We do need tea. We need coffee. And when I say we do need, I do mean we need. Well, have we actually run out of real coffee? No. Well, why do we need coffee then? We've got coffee makers, little percolators. Tea. Can you not pop so much on your microphone, Why is it popping? Because you're being silly. I'm not being silly. I'm doing what I normally do. Right. Yeah, right. The viewers, I mean, the listeners don't want to hear plosifs. That's the word, isn't it? Pop tarts. Plosifs. 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 Explosifs. Explosives. Plosifs. Plosifs. That's where it comes from, doesn't it? Pop tarts. Yeah, oh, Pop-Tarts. God, disgusting. Does anybody else eat Pop-Tarts? If you do, stop right now. Walk away from the Pop-Tarts. When was it, 70s? No, 80s. 80s 80s Pop-Tarts. We weren't allowed them. They might have been 70s in the the Umerica. 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 Umerica States of United. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh dear, it's uh, not going to be a good one today. I'm going to have to edit. I'm going to have to edit. Uh, no, I quite like you doing well, that. You want, in this special edition, then, we'll keep in all the bloopers. Yeah. Well, there aren't any bloopers because we swear on this. Well, you do. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I love swearing. I'm precious and, and angelic, so I don't really Maybe swear. Maybe I should drop a, do a special edition today and drop a C-bomb. No. Yes. Charlie bomb. If you want a C-bomb... Press the thumbs up now. Oh, no, you can't press thumbs up, can you, on this? Oh, well, just scream at the speaker. Ah! Um, so, yeah, it's been a busy morning. I've been fixing a light. Uh, before, Just before anybody starts going on about, you're not an electrician, you shouldn't be touching things like that, I had to diagnose the problem. Didn't I, Paul? Well, yes, you did, and you found that it was possibly a fuse. Well, it is a fuse. I know it's a fuse. We, you might but you know. Don't, but it's not the fuse. We don't have the fuse that it needs, do we? Did you say? Well, I was going I to I think I was ignoring you at that you time. rudely interrupted, Paul. All right, okay. I'm just, you know, I've got a sniffy nose again. The continuous sniffy nose. I've got a tissue at the ready. It's just ridiculous. I feel like I'm getting a cold again. Well, you do work in that type of environment, don't you? Well, I know, but, you know, I don't, I'm just sick of feeling like I've got a cold. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, you might have seen this light. It's a sort of big retro 70s style light in our dining room. And it's got sort of four arms on it, each with a sort of little round light, all in silver. And the other day, one of the bulbs went... And it just stopped working. And I thought, oh, a bulb's gone. And then another one's gone, but it's blown the fuse. But I checked the fuse in the plug. And it's not the fuse in the plug. So I realised it's something inside the dimmer switch, which is sort of transparent and you can kind of see into it. And I could notice that there was a, a fuse in there as well. So I've opened that little box up and it's a... A 1.6 amp little tiny fuse. And of course, I haven't got any of those bloody little buggers. So I've had to buy a pack of 5,000 no. from Amazon. Well, 10. Right. For £4.60. How long have we had that light? Well, we've had that light quite a while. And actually, you know, uh, there's no way I want to replace it because I can't afford to replace it. It wasn't hugely expensive. And I think well, we got it on offer. We don't want to replace it anyway. Well, that's what I'm saying. We want to repair it. So I'm repairing it. Yeah. We're make doing and mending. Yeah. Which is good. And that's... the actual slider bit, the connector is all over the floor at the moment. Well, it? it is because I've got to wait for the fuse. Yeah. So I'm not going to do it back up. No. Just be careful not to plug it in or you'll be flying across the room. Well, I've done that before. I know, when you were a child. I've done yeah. it as well. Um, so that was me this morning before we set up to do this. And hopefully that will be fine because, yeah, I love that light. It's really 70s and I got it from home base, didn't I? I can't remember. Yeah, we got it from home base. It was on offer. Gosh, it obviously is instilled in my memory of how important that was, where we got it from. Well, it was important to me. It's a home Aww. furnishing. I do like a good light. I like good lighting. Can't stand the big light in the middle of the room. No, but then when we're eating in the dining room and I lift up my fork to put some food in my mouth, you go, don't, don't shade me with the light. Don't shade me. You, you eclipse the light sometimes yeah. if we've got the lamps on. Yes, so that's why we need that large light, Paul. <laughs> I don't think it makes any it's difference. It's so horrible to me sometimes. And I've been working so far this morning. On my tablet and on my computer, because I needed to send a few things to clients oh, and get yeah. a few ads booked and that type of thing. And then I made the coffee. And now we're here. And you there's a bread. loaf, there's a loaf, mm. yeah, rising in the oven. Mm. And I've got a meeting a bit later, so you may have to turn the oven off and take the loaf out, I think. Oh, my God. That Not sounds sure. rather complicated. Yeah, I think it might be, Yeah. I hope I don't break the bread. 
Well, that's what they, they it won't do, sink. don't they? It won't sink or something on me, will it? No, it will have sunk by the time you take it out if it's going to sink. Oh, okay. So it won't be your fault. So it won't be like a cake taking it out too soon and it mm, sort of falls no. in the middle? No. Oh, lovely. Well, I'll try my best. If it's lost its structure, Is that it lunch? will have done it by then. Is that lunch then? Um, or have we no, got there's bread? other bread. We've got bread. There's other bread. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, super duper. Well, it's been a challenging week this week. Really. Mm. It's certainly mm. been a challenging week for me. I mean, Monday and shit. Well, Monday especially was, was crackers at work. I obviously can't go into detail because I work in social care, so everything's confidential. But it was. Let's say it was a challenging day in terms of dealing with a situation um, unfolding in front of me in our reception. But um, that's what you have to deal with when you're a receptionist in social care. It unfolds in front of you and you have to do, you have to take the appropriate action and respond in the right way. So did you take control and take the bull by the horns? Well, I took control of the situation. I did what I I needed to do and, um, you know, played my part in keeping it under control, which is what you do. But it was exhausting, Um, not traumatizing in any way, but just exhausting. You know, Um, you get over these things quickly, Um, but it's just been so busy. It feels like the holiday vibe is now over. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. 2020 has begun. It's now in full swing and people are back in the usual bloody routines. Mm, mm. You know, I I don't know. How could we... How could we recapture that holiday vibe every week? Oh, it's a weekend. That's what it's called, isn't it? Well, there is thought, isn't there? Well, there isn't thought in the UK because they never actually do this because everyone's too greedy. But there are countries that are moving towards a four-day week and a three-day weekend. And the studies so far are finding that just as much work gets done in four days as it does across five. Maybe that's something that we should be looking at. Obviously, social care, the NHS, emergency services, things like that, run 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. But general business doesn't have to. Well, I think even in social care in the NHS, I think if more people are employed and they work out a better shift and rotor system, you know, because they people have some long shifts to do. And I think that is absolutely, and I'm going to swear, it's fucking ridiculous. Look, for example, the staff that I work with at the NHS, they only get half an hour for lunch. I think that's ludicrous. Half an hour. I mean, you can barely eat something in half an hour. Well, you certainly can't eat a decent meal, whether it be a sandwich full of nutrition and goodness, and have it well digested before you start work again. No, I know. It's crazy. I mean, I'm lucky because I work for the local authority. I'm Well, my primary employer is the local authority, and we have an hour, which is just perfect to get away, to recharge, to eat something nice to have a little bit of social time because I come home and spend lunch hours with you. We chat and we talk about stuff we eat together and that's nice. It's a a real proper break, Mm. you know, but half an hour. It is a bit ridiculous, but sometimes you don't have nice food to eat because sometimes I'll make a soup and you'll go, "Mm, that's not one of your best. That's one of your phrases, isn't it? When when I, I cook something that, isn't your favourite. Well, it's not one of my favourites or it's not one of the best soups you've made. Well, you've just said that twice. Yeah, I might say it again as well. But you can't always make your best soup. Well, I I just don't see the point in eating something that's not great. Well, no, but if it's it's put in front of you. The problem with you, Paul, is that you just make something out of what you've got and you don't always consider... The flavourings. Oh, I do. No, you don't. You're such what about a that? liar. What about that time you put all that bloody rosemary that was into that once. pasta? It was disgusting. It was once. I was trying to make a, a peanut satay no, with chicken. No, that one. Oh, well, that, that was the cigarette. No. 
ashed, that, wasn't no. it? That one, yeah. The no, rosemary the, the one rosemary with was the chicken like eating fucking pine needles. Ball. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, was disgusting. Then it you was. made that satay, which tasted literally like you tipped an <laughs> ashtray into it. I mean, disgusting. I might have tipped an ashtray into yours. We might have had an argument, and I tipped an ashtray of cigarette ash into yours. Well, yeah, but I didn't eat it because so, it was bloody foul. But no, you you don't always because you don't always taste things. Of course, I taste no, things. You don't. I've of said course, to you on, I do. I've said to you on several occasions. Have you tasted it? And you've said no, not yet. No, that's because I've like, lied. Really? Yeah. Really? No. Sometimes you you do put flavors together, and you think, right? I'm I've got that in the fridge. I've got that in the store cupboard. I'm going to put those together. It will be nutritious, and actually, the taste just doesn't quite work and you know not to do it again but at the same time you have other things that you do really really well and you can get a bit bored sometimes cooking them and eating them like pumpkin soup well i don't get bored with pumpkin well i do you just make it too bland sometimes oh you're a liar yes you do you're a liar liar. anyway let's move on pants on fire boring pants on fire Boring. <laughs> um, yeah, so last weekend was good, though. That's what I was going to say. It was a real bitch of a week. Um, I mean, we're still in the week. I'm lucky. I know, I know, before people start saying it, I'm part-time. I know. But I have worked bloody full-time since I was God knows what age. So, you know, I deserve being part-time now. Anyway, last weekend was really good. If you haven't already seen Sunday Chat... Sunday Chat! Um, we met up with um, Vivi from What Vivi Did Next and Vivi's Kitchen Garden. <laughs> what Vivi Did Next and Vivi's Kitchen Garden. I did it then, quickly. And um, she came over for lunch. We had a lovely day. We sort of had our Christmassy celebration. Mm. Uh, we were... Given some lovely gifts. Very, and, very lovely. Um, we had a lovely day with um, lots of sparkles, which was divine. Including liquid sparkles. And also we had the, the lovely gift of uh, a new set of bonting for Paul's bunting. shed. But I'm not sure it's going to go on the shed, that oh, set. I think they're staying at no, home. No, that's unfair because that means I, I need to get they're more Vivi home. bunting. You do. Yeah, but so, every time I get new Vivi bunting, you go, I start wearing it. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so um, if you've not seen Vivi's uh, shop... Go and have a look. It's um, Vivi's Kitchen Garden Shop. Just do a Google and you'll find it. It will come up quite easy. Vivi's Kitchen Garden Shop. Um, And she's got a fabulous range of bunting. I think she's working on some new ones as well. Yeah. So she's always updating, um, you know, adding new stuff, adding new stock. Um, but the, oh, believe you me, the bunting, it's just, I'm becoming addicted to bunting now. Yeah. We've yeah. got it festooned across our huge mirror in our middle room at the moment. And it. I, I just want to leave it there because it looks great. It three, does look great. Three sets on one mirror, clashing colours, clashing prints. It's just fabulous. But that means we need another set. It does, sadly. We'll just have to save up and buy another set. Yeah, yeah. When I get paid, I'll invest in another set. Because it is an investment. And Vivi's going to be doing a limited number of lavender bags as well, isn't she? With her own lavender, which is great. Yeah, I think she's going to be working on lavender, which again, I love. We've got a few little lavender bags that we've been given over the years Mm, as mm. gifts. And, you know, I walk past them, I give them a scrunch and it releases all the fragrance. And it's quite incredible how much fragrance is retained in lavender tops. Yeah. It is quite incredible. I've got a bag of lavender tops in the wardrobe, and every time I put clothes away, I give it a scrunch, and it just releases all the fragrance again into the wardrobe. It's divine. I love it. So there's that, but also there's fabulous linens that Vivi sourced and mugs and crockery and books and lots of things so do have a look at the shop because it's great i've got a word of the week what's your word i've got a word of the week 
and um, I'm going to share my word of the week. It's a fabulous word. It's boondoggle. Oh. Boondoggle. That's B-O-O-N-D-O-G-G-L-E. Boondoggle. Do you know what it means? No. Well, it means work of little or no value done merely to look busy. Oh, so pretty apt. we could, yeah, pretty apt. What are you pretty apt about? for a lot of people I know. Well, I know that. I mean, there's a there's a YouTube channel a bit like that. Really, I'm not going to say gender or subject, but there is a YouTube channel, and this person never really seems to do anything in their particular genre. Mm-hmm. They never seem to teach anything. They never seem to produce anything. And it's like you're just walking around doing stuff, pretending you're working. And that is a boondoggle. You bloody boondoggle. Are you talking about me at the allotment? No, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about anybody we like. Mm. It's somebody we're not particularly into. Um, But it's like that's the perfect example. Showing something that you're maybe doing, but you're not really doing it. And not producing anything. Just making videos. For no reason. Or That's whatever. A boondoggle. Or whatever. You bloody bugger boondoggle. I used to have somebody, when I used to commute to Kingswood in Surrey, I used to have a person that would phone me every morning to tell me how busy they were. And they would tell me how busy they were for about half an hour or 40 minutes. And I thought, well, you can't be that busy because you phone me every day to tell me how busy you are. So you can't actually be that busy. Maybe they were boondoggling as well. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I guess, I mean, we're boondoggling now. Are we? Think about it. I mean, what purpose does this serve? It brings you so much joy and enrichment in your life, Richard. Okay, so the purpose is actually entertainment, Ah. isn't it? For the the listener. Yeah. That's the purpose. Yeah. Um, But you see... I don't know whether we're educational. I don't know whether we could be be said to be educational. But we do pop in nuggets of information, don't we? Like what boondongle well, means. Not dongle, Paul. Doggle. <laughs> boondoggle. <laughs> I can't even get the bloody word right, Paul. There's actually something else I wanted to share as well in terms of word of the week. The other thing I discovered, and this is from a book that I was actually given by Vivi. So thank you, Vivi. This is a great source of information. Um, it's the opposite of déjà vu, which is, which is jamais vu. Jamais as in never, the French for never. What's that? Something you see all the time? No, it, well, it's the odd feeling you get that something... Very, very familiar is completely new. new. Right. So, for example, you're walking down the road that you've walked down hundreds of times. Mm. You see a house which you must look at every day and think, I've never seen that before. That looks completely new. Jamais vu. Jamais vu. Jamais vu. How do you spell that? J-A-M-A-I-S. Hyphen vu. Right. you Jamais vu. That's really interesting because when I was at the community gardens on Saturday, we were at the main gate and there's a big sign that says the uh, William Hobbane Community Gardens, a big sign that says that. And then next to the sign is another little metal sign that says Capital Growth, which is a growing organisation uh, mainly in London. And I've never seen that sign before, or I must have seen it, but it had never registered with me. So that was jamais vu. Not jamais vu. Jamais. Jamais vu. Jamais, jamais vu. Oh, regarde. Jamais vu. Huh? So there that's what it was. Yeah, exactly. I've seen that sign several times A before. Case of jamais vu. And I just realised it was there. That does happen Quite often. I mean, I'll I'll be going along the road on the bus to Ealing Broadway. It happened again the other day and I saw something and I only noticed it because something else had been knocked down. And I thought, how 
earth have I not noticed that statue before? What do you mean you only noticed it because something else had been knocked down? There's a statue in front of a, a building, a piece of art in front of a building. And I've never, ever noticed the piece of art because I've always noticed the building. Now they've knocked down the building... Suddenly, I've seen this piece of art. That so somehow the building was detracting. It was. From the art. It was. So the art has been misplaced. But actually, I knew once I saw the piece of art, I knew the art was there. I'd just never really seen it before. Mm, interesting. Have you ever had a case of jamais vu? Or indeed déjà vu? Share it with us. Deja vu is the matrix, isn't it? That That's sort of what the matrix is based on. It's sort of glitches in the system. And no, it's already seen. It's a feeling that you've seen something before. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Deja you've vu. you've been somewhere before. Yeah. Is it? I don't think that's the matrix, Paul. Well, it is because there's that thing where the, when there's a glitch in the matrix, it, it catches up with itself. That's when Neo is going upstairs in the first Matrix film and he sees a cat twice. And he realises that there's a, a glitch in the Matrix and they're about to be attacked. OK, so you're <laughs> telling us that we're living in a Matrix then, Paul. Well, that's what the Matrix is all about. Well, there are some scientists that are testing to see whether we actually live in a huge, extremely detailed computer simulation. Personally... I I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I think the belief in that is probably linked to your own personal mental health. Mm, possibly. I, I think. I, I do believe we are organisms. You know, that's not to say there could be. I mean, we are very tiny. You know, in, in the scheme of things, we're absolutely microbial. That's not to say there is some giant sort of, uh, I don't know, creatures or something that rule the universe. Mice. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, isn't it? I'm quite sure it's not the mice. It is. The mice rule the universe and they have created planet Earth as, a, as an experiment. Well, why haven't they created mice cities then on Earth? Well, there's that person on Planet Vegetaria that was shared that is building little mice villages. Yeah, and that's hammocks. a person. It's not the mice. Well, how do I we mean, know that the mice aren't controlling that person to build those hammocks? Because they're not. We don't know. We do know. We don't know. We do know. We they would have know. taken over by now. There would be a mouse prime minister by now. Mm, yeah, well, let's not go there. Well... Uh, um, I'd rather have a mouse prime minister, I think. I don't know. I think it's interesting because... Finger I, mouse? Finger I th bobs? I think... They were, they were mice, weren't they? Finger mice and danger bobs. Um, I think it's really interesting starting to think about concepts of stuff, you know, that, that people have come up with. Like? Well, like the Matrix, like Deja Vu, like Jamais Vu, like ghosts, like whatever else, supernatural stuff... I mean, this is generally, and religion, is generally a product of the human brain. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, we have created that. You know, creation of something starts with an idea. You know, um, there is that saying that we are the universe in human form trying to understand itself. Is there? That's why we've evolved. Uh, because we are, I mean, you know, essentially our bodies um, are made up of star material, stardust. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, every element within us was forged in the heart of a star billions of years ago. So, you know, one could say that we are the universe materialised in human form striving to understand itself that's why we have consciousness that is the theory so if that's the case we are all the universe yeah you know i don't find that too profound i find that perfectly understandable well on a, a quantum level there must be some type of linking with 
with the atoms and the elements that we're made of? Well, I think, you know, all particles are connected in somehow, aren't they, in some way? Mm. I mean, at the quantum level, it's just a big seething mass of quantum foam moving in and out of existence. That's where uh, how they can travel in June. They can fold space and time, isn't it? Well, that's that's the same as um, warping space, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. That's how this the Enterprise, Starship Enterprise travels. Yeah. It warps space in front of it rather than travelling at speed. Men in Black. Do you remember that? Um, the first Men in Black, which we rather enjoyed, there was the whole premise was that galaxy on the cat's in a bubble, in a glass sphere on the cat's collar. Do you remember Orion's belt? Was it Orion's belt? Um, And that always amazed me because I think, I think more than anything, Richard has said for, for years about the, the size of the universe and how vast it is. And I find it quite difficult to encapsulate that in a thought. But when we watch men in black and um, they were talking about this galaxy in this marble on this cat's collar and when they held it up to the well to us so that we could see it and there was all this swirling going on it just made me realize how completely minuscule we are in the scheme of things and how arrogant many people on earth are to think that they have significant important value because they are just so insignificant. Yeah, but, you know, it's... Yeah, I agree. I mean, we are insignificant. We're just a mere drop in an ocean of of stars and particles and whatever else. Mm. But it's relative. It is, yeah. It's I big, mean, you know, big fish in the small earth, pond. The Earth has to be, you know, managed, doesn't it? Which it is by governments and or people. Or mismanaged. Mismanaged, whatever. But, you know, we're not... Without without people in authority, without some kind of hierarchy, society would go back to how it was thousands of years ago, which was essentially wild. You know, well, I think it's pretty wild con- now. Yeah, but people aren't constantly attempting takeovers of other countries at the moment. Uh, really? Well, no, they're not constantly, Paul. Think of the words I'm using. Well, I I people think people are constantly trying to invade the UK. No, they're not. Okay. But they're constantly trying to get hold of the resources in Iran and bring all of that yeah, under. But that's a very small US area, control. isn't it? In actual fact, Iran's a very big area. It's not the whole world. No, but you know, it, generally, it's... generally, come on, think about it logically. Generally, we are in a relatively peaceful time. In terms of. Foot on the ground war, yes, I totally agree with. In terms of how corporations mismanage the resources of this earth and how governments exploit other countries and how governments exploit people, I don't think we've ever been in a more treacherous situation than we are today. That's my view. Okay. Okay. So there. Well, it's... I don't think we are, actually. Well, that's your view. I think we've been in far worse situations. Far worse. And, you know, there aren't people literally trying to invade us. No, you're talking about foot-on-the-ground invasions. I'm not. I'm talking about the planet. We are very lucky. There are other things about the planet which just are going tits up. We know that, you know. But I wasn't kind of talking about that. No, I know. I was talking about yeah, it. because very we, negative. We, well, it's not negative. Well, I suppose it is negative, And I'm sorry if it comes across negative. But that's, that's what I feel. I, I, it, I was thinking a moment ago when we were speaking about... Um, mentioned quantum physics and about different universes. That actually we, we for me, have slipped into a parallel universe politically. Um so, yeah, maybe that's where that my thoughts come from. Anyway, what's next on our list? 
Well, you know, we were going to talk about the weather as oh. we normally do. I mean, it, the past few days have been terrible. We've had Storm Brendan. Yeah. And that was um, very, very blowy, very um, aggressive winds. I was in Cranley in Surrey um, at For Earth's Sake on Tuesday and my sojourn there for the day was sort of quite challenging because it was very wet and it was very windy and um, during the... I had a long day in uh, For Earth's Sake anyway but when I was coming back on the train there were trees had fallen across the lines earlier in the day and the the train system coming back from Guildford was all sort of messed up and it took longer than it would normally and but actually I had a fascinating um train journey back because there were two interesting people on the train uh, which I won't go into but I I spent the whole journey earwigging on their conversation which was really interesting um yeah and there were two sort of other lovebirds who wanted to get back to Leatherhead as well. So um, they were they kept on looking at their phones and wondering if they'd missed their stop to to get back to where they wanted to get to. So the weather hasn't been great. I mean, it improved yesterday, and actually today's quite nice. Mm. Um, you know, at last we had some sunshine. But I didn't know yesterday morning. I didn't notice the the weather changing from horrendous to quite nice because I was so busy. I literally didn't lift my head from the computer and the phone mm. all morning. Um, but today is quite pleasant. It was a pleasant start, at least. I don't know how it's going to end up. Mm. But I thought there was going to be more rain. I thought it was going to be wet all week. It said. Well, there's certainly not any rain so far today. I've got a, a meeting a bit later and then I've got a phone call for Social Farms and Gardens a bit after that. So I'm not sure whether I'll get down to the allotment or not. But there are things that I really wish to do down there so that I can get ahead of the game or at least keep on top of things. So I hope tomorrow, because it's been busy at my, because I've been to a client and it's been, I've had to be at my desk. So it's been quite busy at my desk over the last few days. I hope tomorrow... Uh, which is when this will come out, I will have had some time at the allotment. But the sun's just come out, hasn't it? Yeah, it's quite, it's quite sunny and I've got a few chores to do today. I'm just going to be pottering around the house. Um, yeah, I've not got anything I need to go out for, I don't think. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be tidying around, just doing bits and pieces, some washing, blah, blah, blah. Quite a nice day. I don't mind doing that. I quite enjoy doing chores around the house, working on a little project, just doing the daily stuff that needs to be done to keep the house looking as tidy as it can be. But we do need to get out, don't we? I mean, even if it's tomorrow morning or Saturday morning, we need to get out and get down the canal or do something so that we're not in the house all the time. Uh, otherwise, well, cabin fever may set in. Cabin fever sets in most weeks for mm. me, to be absolutely honest with you. But that's also winter. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd quite like to start tidying the garden, but I don't want to do it when it's so damp underfoot because it will literally turn the small lawn that we have very quickly into complete mud. Yeah. Um, and become very messy. And actually, there's quite a lot of seed heads on things still. The birds are still pecking at stuff. Um, so I don't really want to, to do that, but I do want to tackle that grapevine before spring. Yeah, because before we need the, to... Well, before the sap rises, Yeah, I want to clear off all the dead old stuff really once and for all, because also the fences are going to need to be worked on. Yes, exactly. Maybe we could do that at the weekend. Maybe, yeah. We'll see yeah, how it goes. Maybe. I mean, Jane Kelly um, was saying the same thing the other day. Somebody was sort of posting... Well, I did a blog which was saying that I wasn't actually going to be doing much in, in tidying um, something. And, and Jane commented on it and said that she had thought about doing things as well. But, of course, much of the 
detritus that we see in the garden at the moment is a haven for wildlife. So it's important to think about that when we have something that is pristine all the time, often wildlife can suffer. Well, I think not only that, yeah, I totally agree. It is it, it is good to leave things, but we're only in January. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're in the armpit of winter rather than the arse end. Yeah. And it hasn't you know, got cold, has it? Not yet. But, you know, the statistics say that the most likely time for a real cold snap is the 25th of February. Mm. That's what it says. Um, statistically, so uh, the sort of average, I think. Um, so, you know, we're not out of winter by any stretch of the imagination. Yes, bulbs could come up. Mm. Yes, the buds are starting to form on the trees. Yeah, they are. Um, but they do, the, you know, especially the blossoms. It takes, it takes a good few months for the blossoms to form inside their little buds. Mm. Um, before they burst out. And if need be, they do go back into hibernation. So I don't worry about those things. The plants know what's happening. They can sense it. Um, I think there are certain things that might get killed off. Um, but, you know, we need that freeze. We do need that freeze. And we need that freeze to get rid of a whole load of bugs and things in the soil. We know that if we don't have a really cold winter, the amount of slugs and things and snails will increase next year because they haven't been killed off in a cold winter. But certain things get through the cold. Absolutely. Not, certain things aren't affected at all by cold. They hibernate quite easily mm. so yeah we shouldn't be in a a rush to be clearing our gardens just yet no. i mean i know a couple of people who are like oh i've got to keep my garden neat and tidy all the time well actually no you don't you should leave it over winter and actually neat and tidy gardens i think there's something of the past mm. because rewilding is back in with a vengeance and frankly we're ahead of the game yeah. We're yeah. ahead of the game. We have a wild patch and have had a wild patch for a long time. And we don't overtend to the garden. No. But that's not necessarily deliberate. <laughs> Look, I've said it before. I actually don't like gardening. And I was really delighted to see that there was a guy on Monty Don's American tour, whatever it is, who said the same thing. He said, I just don't enjoy gardening. He's created an amazing wild garden where he's planted into the weeds and into the natural grasses uh, that flourish on the prairies. And, um, you know, he said, I don't enjoy it. I don't like the work. And I'm exactly the same. I get a bad back. I've put my back out a couple of times to yeah, the garden yeah. and been in agony for two weeks. And um, I just don't enjoy it. I just don't enjoy it. Um, but I do enjoy looking out on something that is relatively neat and tidy. Mm. Um, but it's I'd rather pay somebody else to come and do the big jobs. I think you missed one of the um, gardens on Monty Don's thing, which was, again, a, a woman who lived on a, a basin, a, an estuary, I think it was. And she had acres and acres and acres of marshland and also um, fertile land, obviously, because it was a basin. So there's a lot of alluvial um alluvial soil will will just fall over the years into it so it was really really rich and she created an amazing garden by by tinkering with it rather than changing it and um, she did an awful lot of crop and drop and and chopping down and pruning and just putting everything into a pile and leaving it so that over the years it would um, decompose down into the soil and her place was amazing her house was amazing as well but her, her place was amazing. There was also a rooftop garden, um, which I've seen before, which is um, creating a huge amount of, of food for the the local area. And I think they said something like, there was something like 3,000 acres of rooftop that could be converted to food growing in, in that city. 
Yeah, and that's something that is being looked at quite strongly at the moment. Um, I'm reading things about that certainly every week. Anyway. Yeah, well, it is interesting. I mean, you know, we could have a rooftop garden here. We could, yes. Because we do have a large expanse of flat roof, which is just sitting there being wasted. Yeah, it really. comes down to the structural integrity, obviously, of anything underneath that roof. I think we'd be fine, but um, you do need to check that out. Well, yeah, you've got to have it checked by a surveyor, mm. um, you know, first of all. But, you know, if it's not a load-bearing roof or there aren't, you know, reinforced steel joists or whatever, then I don't think you could do it. No. Because, you know, soil and water... It's pretty heavy, mm. isn't mm. it? Yeah. Um, but, a, you know, a few pots here and there... Oh, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. have thought would cause any problem. Um, but, of course, then you've got the problem of wind, um, lots of sun beating down, because it's quite amazing how a few feet up, it feels so much warmer. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's what I've noticed whenever I've been on the flat roof to do, a, you know, a piece of work, i.e. Um, clearing leaves or whatever. And because there is no shade and you sort of, you know, up a few feet, it just feels so much hotter. It's weird. We did go, or I did go and have a look at a, a roof garden in Manchester a couple of years ago with Social Farms and Gardens. And we were right at the top of this tall building in the middle of the city and it was incredibly windy. They did think about keeping chickens there, but obviously decided against it because of the amount of wind. But that, that yeah, that is a, an issue with rooftop gardens. The amount of sun, the amount of wind, and also the amount of um, soil fertiliser that is needed because your minerals and um, all the essential growing elements will drain out of the soil Um and it needs to be topped up each year. Well, again, and that that's the thing, good drainage. Mm, because mm. you can't have it all sitting you certainly up there. Can't. It's got to drain away. So there's several things you've got to think about. I mean, I fantasize about having a roof garden and a little sort of balcony up above from where we're sitting now. And having a door put in, if I had the money, I would actually do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think it would be lovely. I think you could fence it in. I've seen that been done in other places well there's that one at Kew Bridge isn't there that was on Gardner's well, there's World one around the corner from ago. here where they've done exactly that oh yeah there is there's a flat yeah. roof and they've they put very tasteful looking fencing mm. um you know it's it's really nicely done and clearly they've got you know chairs and stuff there and they sit and you know admire the view from up there I love rooftops yeah I've got yeah. to think about rooftops. Well, we were looking at a planning um, application, weren't we, yesterday, or part of a planning application for something which is 13 storeys high. That would certainly change our view of sunrises. Well, they'll never, ever get that. But if past. they put in for 13, they may get 9 or 10. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Look, at the end of the day, there's plenty of structures in the distance that are larger than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there Smith are... Smithline Beecham is huge, isn't it? It is what it is, but they'll never get something that in this area. They'll never get something that high. It's not going to happen. Well, they are trying for something like 24 stories at um, West Ealing Station. It'll be interesting to see if that ever yeah, gets passed. Yeah, but there's already large buildings there. Yeah, but not 24 storeys. Six. Yeah, but there, there are some large buildings around there. Mm. Well, so certainly, certainly going into Ealing Broadway there now, are It's also there? quite a hilly area. Mm. It's not a flat area. So you've also got, down at Trompers Way, you've got a lot of parkland as well. Mm. So you are impacting the skyline. Yeah, yeah. Quite dramatically, so... They're just trying their luck. Yeah. That's what they I'm do. Sure. That's what they do. Anyway, talking about Monty Don, mm. um, we have been watching a bit of TV. Mm. Not a huge amount. I've not, to be honest, I, 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 
I find most of the programmes completely and utterly boring. I've got to be stimulated by a programme. We so watched. What are you stimulated by at the moment? Well, we watched The Sky at Night the other day. You um, fell asleep during that. Did I? Yeah. I don't remember falling asleep during that. <laughs> you did. It was about um, starting off stargazing, wasn't it? No, I didn't fall asleep during that. I remember it. Mm. Might have been something after it that I fell asleep to, but I do remember that program. I remember watching it, Paul. Don't be horrible. <laughs> I watched it and I remember all of it. So there. How many of the, the the usuals were in it? What do you mean? The usual presenters. Well, he was there. She was there. Oh, maybe you did that. The other ones yeah. were there. I do, Paul. Don't make things I thought up. You, no, I thought you just had fallen asleep. Just because you think it's funny. I thought you had fallen asleep. No, I hadn't. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. So the latest thing that we're watching, which is the, for me, is absolutely fabulous on Netflix, is the new series starring RuPaul. Uh, mm. It's a new scripted series. It's not Drag Race. It's a story. It's called AJ and the Queen. And it is the story of a drag queen um, and uh, his stowaway yeah. in the form of a, a child and uh, a, a journey around um, America on a, a, on a tour, basically. And it's about their relationship and what happens. And it's absolutely brilliant. We're absolutely loving it. It's got a fabulous pace, which is quite gentle. And it's a good story. The story is full of all sorts of little twists and turns. And there's a couple of baddies mm. as well to give that sort of, um, what's the word? That relief, I guess, from the storyline. Uh, that frisson of um, danger, if you like. So we're really enjoying that. And the acting is really good. Uh, the characters are really good. That's what's really good. And it's it's genuinely charming, I think. Really easy to watch and enjoyable. And the main actors are really great. And obviously you have the vignette situations that one has in these type of programmes. And they're just lovely. And we were... It's not overproduced. We were talking about that yesterday, weren't we? It's it's It is... You feel as though it's genuine. You feel as though it could be real. Um, I was slightly concerned that it would become a big sort of show thing where suddenly you'd switch from the reality of a situation to a fantasy. But actually, that's, that doesn't happen. Not in the, the big swing way that we see in other programmes anyway. Well, I just think it's telling a good story. And I've always said... You know, you can't beat a good story. Um, I think it's unexpected in many ways because of the glamour and high, fast pace of RuPaul's Drag Race, where there's lots of quick editing, um, lots of cuts, lots of manipulated editing to make it uber entertaining. Mm. Um, it's not like that. And it's also not, um, whilst there are lots of drag references, it doesn't feel as though it's completely rooted in the world of drag. No, it's accessible. It just, it just happens to be the situation um, that it's a drag queen and a kid. Mm. You know, that's the situation. And whilst there there is quite a bit of drag humour as such, it, it's not... It doesn't lean on that. It just tells the story. Um, and, of course, there are other stories that are happening at the same time. Um, I, ju I just think... I, I just love the pace. Who's your favourite character, other than the two main characters? Uh, I really like... Um, oh, God, what's, her, what's she called? The baddie, with the eye patch. The baddie with the eye patch. Yeah, yeah I she's think she's brilliant. Because I think she's a great actress. Mm. Um, and she's just funny and very dangerous, but she's funny. Um, so I love her. I, I really love, love Lewis. 
the blind the blind designer dress designer sticking all of those jewels onto to a dress <laughs> i just i love that idea and he's really a foil isn't he to um to the action to the to the anguish and he's just so sort of solid in ruby's life i i do like that yeah so it's a good show it it really is a good show um it's not had the greatest of reviews and i think people were expecting something different i don't build my expectations on um previous efforts mm. i watch something as a as Fresh. a unique experience you know so i wasn't going into this expecting rupaul's drag race no in story form but i also think some people were expecting i also think that there are many things that we watch and really enjoy and then we when we when we read the reviews the reviews are pretty negative and yeah we just don't necessarily like what other people like and i think also some of i mean i i read one review about aj and the queen and it was pretty negative and then i read another from the same reviewer i read a review about something else that i tried to watch and this guy was just gushing over the thing that i tried to watch and i just thought was same old same old and um yeah yet yeah, rupaul was fresh what do you mean he was gushing over? He was gushing over this new series with David Tennant. And I just thought, actually, you know what? I've seen that all before. There's nothing interesting. Which new series with David Tennant? Oh, I don't know. But David Tennant's in a new series that started a couple of weeks ago. And I think it's as boring as anything. But what series is it? I can't remember. Oh, okay. It was so boring, I can't even remember what the series' name was. It's on ITV, or it might be BBC, I don't know. But I thought you said that that was the same reviewer that had gushed over the War of the Worlds. Yeah, he had gushed over that as well. Well, that's a better example, because we watched that, didn't we? Yeah, we did watch that, yeah. Yeah. So, and we, you know what we thought of that, Mm, mm. you know, and he gushed over that, but then gave AJ and the Queen a bad review. Yeah. So, really... You know, you can't trust reviewers. No. You really can't. There's, I mean, I say I looked at a couple of reviews. I glanced across and thought, oh, really? You know, I don't think you're watching the same program that I'm watching. Mm, mm. You know, but I, I like the idea of taking time to tell a story. Mm. You know, um, I think that is about observing life. Because life doesn't happen at a high, fast-paced edit. No. Does it? Life is full of interludes of really boring shit. Mm, mm. You know, and if you can give a sense of that, especially in a road movie, which essentially this is what it is. Mm. It's, a, it's a road trip. Um, there are going to be moments that aren't fast-paced, that are just regular moments of normality and i think that reflects you know bog standard life that we all lead though there are a couple of car chases in this as well aren't there well rv chasing sort of yeah i wouldn't (laughs) call them fast-paced car chases no but there is there is one where the one of the cars is is really in it and the other one the rv doesn't even know what's going on so that i found that quite amusing and of course, the new series of Vera started, which mm. I uh, it wasn't I would, a great start, was it? No, I thought it was a little bit drawn out. Um, it didn't engage me as well as I'd like. I felt it could have been a bit more exciting. I mean, I know it's a procedural drama, a police drama. But I don't know. I think maybe she could have been in a little bit more peril. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. To begin with. To really whet our appetites. Maybe they're saving the meatier stories for later. Maybe. But sometimes I don't think that necessarily works because it can put you off from the beginning. 
and you can think to yourself, you know what, I'm not going to watch next week. I'll record it and maybe watch it later because it didn't seem that good. Mm. Whereas if it's a cracking first episode, I think you're more motivated to continue to watch. I was I was thinking about Kenny, the char- character of Kenny. He's really changed from being quite um, he, quite arrogant and commenting on sort of women not you know women knowing their places and things like that, to really being a part of her team who doesn't rock any boats. And I liked the Kenny that would say a few things out of sorts and everyone would think, sorry, are you a Neanderthal or not? You know, I, I'm, I'm not sure about the sidekick. I I quite like a fresh sidekick as well. Oh, no, I like I like him. I think he's good because I think he's quite a good actor. Oh, he is a good actor. Um, I mean, he's done a lot over the years. He's really been around. He's... He was really good in Vera. Well, he he started the first time we saw him was in Dinner Ladies. What do you mean he was really good in Vera? Not Vera, sorry, um, Stella. Stella on Sky years ago. He was the love was interest he? in Stella for, for a couple of seasons. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't watch it. I wouldn't know. But do you remember him in well, yeah, Dinner Ladies? Well, yeah, he played Clint. Clint. <laughs> I know. I do remember him. Um <laughs> So, yeah, we watched that. Not off to a great start. Disappointingly so. Um, You wanted to talk about Midsummer Murders, Paul, for some unknown reason. Yeah, watch the new Midsummer Murders, which apparently was recorded quite a long time ago, but hadn't been broadcast. And and I didn't know that till after I watched it. And it was a bit, and again, just a bit lame. Um, I know they're all very, you know, jolly hockey sticks and all of that, but this one, it, it just seems so convoluted and, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Didn't enjoy it. Didn't enjoy it at all. I'll tell you what's going wrong with these things is that most of the pol- police, uh, procedural police dramas, most of them have covered everything you could possibly cover. Yeah. You know, it's getting to the stage where there needs to be some form of novelty in order to carry these police dramas through. You know, the novelty with with Vera was Vera. Yeah. Is Vera, you know, scruffy, um, you know, eats all the wrong things, you know, not particularly attractive. You know, although I think she's a very attractive woman. Mm, mm. Um, But, you know, she's padded out to make her look really fat and frumpy. You know, it's her character, the Land Rover, Mm. the bare, stark environment, the grittiness. You know, I, I felt as though this first episode missed the mark in terms of lots of those elements. We weren't drawn back into a backstory of hers. No, no. Were we? It was very frontal, this one. There's normally a backstory of hers that's something that she's coping with, be that cholesterol, be that losing weight, be that memories of her father, blah, blah, blah. So there was none of that. Um, So I'm just finding procedural dramas, um, they're just lacking something. I think they're on the way out. Though I'm looking forward to Bosch. Yeah, but even so, with Bosch, they've still got to come up with something that gives us that thrill in terms of the backstory. Yeah, well, the good thing about Bosch is it is it, it is one story intermingling with others that come to the front over about eight episodes or something, isn't it? So it'll be interesting to see what um, what this next season is about. We'll see, we'll see. But I, I don't know, I, I think... I. I'm getting the feeling that these kind of dramas have had their day and I think there needs to be something new coming along. Jean-Luc Picard? Oh, pardon me. I do apologise. I do apologise. Are you looking forward to that? Yeah, I am. Well, it's called Picard. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love Star Trek. Anything Star Trek-y, I love. Give it to me now. All of it. Well, next week. 
And what's the other thing that we're going to be watching, I think, once we finished AJ and the Queen? Don't know. You tell me. Grace and Frankie. Yeah. New season has landed on Netflix and we'll be looking forward to watching that. Not sure how many episodes it is, but I think they've already suggested uh, another season is in the I thought this bag. was the last one. Well, it says it keeps it open and figures have been very good. Okay. Oh, that's good. Good for them. Not that either of them need to earn loads of money. Well, it's not necessarily yeah. about the money, is it? It's also well, it's about, about carrying on working and and keeping yourself. I think they're both pretty busy women. Yeah, I think they are. You're right. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think it's fun for them to do. Mm. So, and they seem you know. to enjoy it when you have it, the videos. It provides a lot of employment for other people. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. When you see them being interviewed, they seem to get on really well and really enjoy it, don't they? So, yeah. Why would you not want to carry on if it was available to? Exactly. Talking about carrying on, I think we're finished. Are we? Yeah, we are. Right. Absolutely. Right. It's time to do other things with the day and it's time to say goodbye. Mm. So this is the end of the 12, the series of 12. Thank you very much for listening, tuning in watching our YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. We're still around. We're not, we're not ending, you know, doing this, but it's going to be once a month. So we will let you know mm. when that comes up. And um, yeah, in the meantime, tune into YouTube. There's plenty to watch. And plenty. as you said, listen to the other podcasts. Yeah, go back. God. Honestly. If you enjoyed it once, you may enjoy it better twice. Oh, yeah. Listen again, listen again, and again, and again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, take care of yourselves. And uh, we will be back within a month. And uh, with lots of, of discussion about everyday stuff, mm. which is what it is. Yeah. So, take care. Toodaloo. Toodlepip. Au revoir. And, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you on YouTube very soon. Thanks very much for tuning in. Bye for now. Bye.